Welcome to the Spoken Not Stirred podcast from Studio Free Arts. My name is Dauda Ladijabi, poet in residence at Studio Free Arts. And every month, I'll be bringing you the latest and best from the world of poetry and spoken word, with special guests, reviews, insider info, and some surprises. So, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Spoken Not Stirred podcast. I am your host, Dauda Ladijobi. In this installment, we have a great conversation with Desri, who was our last featured act. We talk about her experience with poetry, especially being a black artist outside of London. And as always, at the end, Desri gives a great prompt for anyone who wants to get writing. So without any more delays, let's get straight into it. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to another episode of the Spoken Not Stirred podcast. And yeah, we've got we've got um another amazing guest, uh, another banging poet, um, good friend of mine. You know, a bit of a friend. I say good friend. Wow, the face that was just made when I said good friend. Okay, sorry. Let me just. I want to do this intro again. <laughs> <laughs> It's all love, you know, it's all love. I was joking. <laughs> nah, nah, it's always love. I just want to introduce the amazing Desri. Hey. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, you know, I'm good. I'm, you know, like a little bit tired. Definitely not hungover. But how are you? Tired. Yeah. I'm actually not hungover. So... <laughs> Why are you saying actually? <laughs> Why are you saying actually? I'm not. Like, Okay, interesting. Why, why are you tired, Des? Uh, I had a shoot yesterday. Sick. Sick. Um, in like a proper like studio in East London, East London Studios. Um, there was a crew and everything. It was very cool. Um, yeah, and it was like a 12-hour shoot, 12, 13-hour shoot. So. Sick. What was it for? Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Oh! Oh, okay. <laughs> I that I like to hear that. That's amazing. Well, have we got any kind of idea of when we'll be able to like pick you? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I've never been on a sh- like a proper shoot before like that, and it's just like I don't know if this is like what you've been through before. People just don't actually tell you anything other than things that you have to do that moment. So like I spent like. So you just kind of like sit around and then you just wait for somebody to call you to do something, but just that exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you have no context of like what happened before or after or even what's going on behind you because you have to face the front. Like, so yeah, absolutely in the dark about that one. But it looked good. Did you have a book with you? Did I have a book with me? Yeah, like to read while she was waiting. Yes. Oh yeah. I always bring a book everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and my headphones, just in case I wanted to watch a TV show on my phone. <laughs> and a notepad, just in case I wanted to do some writing. You're prepped. Do you, like, how, how do you carry all this? I, I carry it generally anyway. Like, I always have a bag. And everyone's always like, why do you need a bag? I'm like, I don't know what, Ooh, I don't know do what's going to happen. Journals and books and TV yeah. shows, like, just stop. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. This is what we're here for. Some life advice. Nah, 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 nah. We're, we're here for we're here for the poetry. I didn't know about the shoot. I, I, I thought you was gonna say about your workshops this morning, but 
So reading your poetry and listening to your poetry, there's like, if I didn't know you weren't from London, I would have instantly thought you was like, you know, born bred London or kind of thing, if you got what I mean. So uh, coming from outside of London, having that experience, just a little bit detached from London, but as a wider thing, I guess the black experience in the UK is so centred in London. Mm. And your poetry touches on the black experience. Do you feel like you've had kind of, yeah, was there any kind of barrier in, in, in you expressing your, your reality due to how we've always kind of, you know, how the black experience in the UK has been presented prior? being so London centric I think the fact that like the black experience is very London centric is like both like is is the reason that I don't think I've had very many barriers it's like most of like when I think about grime like it's basically just like um East London to be fair (laughs) like East London grime artists that um I've grown up on that is that kind of I suppose influenced how like cadence and like what I wanted to talk about etc but I'd also like I know like this is uh, unpopular opinion very unpopular opinion like London's London isn't it like it's like I think yeah it's a lot of things are London centric but like it's not the only place in the whole of the UK. <laughs> and I feel like, like, for example, Slough isn't, isn't London, but it is like, it's not a hundred, a million miles away. It's like, it's literally next door. Like, it's not, it's not a, like a, it's not a, a hugely far removed experience, but I remember like growing up or like when I was at uni, it's like, oh yeah, Slough's countryside. It's, it's actually not the countryside at all. It's, <laughs> it's actually... It's actually got the the largest industrial estate in the Europe. Well, it did when I was growing up. So, like, <laughs> there is no greenery. <laughs> so, so it's not like a a hugely far removed experience. That's interesting, and I think I don't know. I think it's this is my curse as a Londoner, where anything outside of London is just not London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I grew up. I literally grew up with that. But it's the same way. I, but I, I'm forgiving of it, I suppose, because it's the same way. When I went to uni in Leicester, and for like the first like year, I was like, yeah, up like here up north. They're like, mm, this isn't the north. <laughs> this is north of you, but it's not the. It's Midlands. <laughs> Desiree, it's just the middle. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, I go to uni up north. No, you, you don't. <laughs> You're in the middle of the UK. So I get it. Like every London people think that anywhere outside like London, like it's just not London. Anybody's south thinks everywhere up is north. So No, no, that is that is that is a real reality. I um I mean I like I was in Bristol, but I never called it north, but I did I did like just like I am up there in the country. <laughs> Up. That's exactly it. <laughs> up yonder. <laughs> so, but from what you're saying, you don't think the Slough experience and you know, like your upbringing, was far removed from the London experience, and it is due to, I guess, what listening to crime and 
I guess being so informed on what that London experience was. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I don't know, like, as well, I think specifically with Grime, like, there was a few, like, artists from Manchester, a few from Birmingham. So there is, like, that kind of, like, as you were saying, it's like everyone's talking about a very unique experience, irrespective of, like, where you're positioned in the, like, like in the UK. It's like the experience is very similar because of, of, like whether that be poverty, whether that be like um, ethnicity, whether that be like the community you're around and also like migration, right? So a lot of us are first or second generation. So that in and of itself is is um, a, like a join, like joins us all in in a collective experience. Yeah, yeah, sick. No, no, and I do, I do agree. I do agree to a certain, to a certain degree, though, because um, like I feel like, especially when it comes to race relations in certain um, cities in the UK, they need to deal with it. <laughs> like, really need to like before their experience could be as linked to. Because all right, so let let's take some. Bristol again as an example that's got a horrible slave history um but that their black population I feel like the reality from what I've gathered from being there from very and I've got some friends from there and stuff like that what I've gathered from it is just like well and I say this all the time about Bristol where they've got this area where this is where all of the black people are mm-hmm. and I feel like that's such a weird experience where in London we don't really have that. It like we've you know, estates are like so multicultural and like it's music. I feel like it's a very class-based thing sometimes here. Yes, you have certain areas that are more populated by certain um demographics, but the mixture and and that you know, integration of people and cultures is so different, I feel. Would you not say that that um it's also class-based in Bristol? So like, because I think there's sometimes like voluntarily or like, not voluntarily at all, but like, I mean, like sometimes consciously or subconsciously, the two are interlinked. So like the reason, I imagine a lot of the reason that all of the black people are in one area of Bristol could be for community, but it could also be because of poverty or because of some sort of like class situation. I think definitely plays a part to it because you do you, you see the um the difference between I guess what the houses look like. But mm. they are just thinking about that though, they are like lower class areas. I don't want to be out here just judging all of Bristol, but <laughs> there are like lower class areas in Bristol that were predominantly white. And you know, the mixture uh, yeah, the mixture is I think it's I think it's an interesting dynamic. Um well we're not here to talk about Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> Also, do you know what I love that this is um so just for, for everyone's backstory, if I said the sky was blue, Dada would tell me that it's red. Like he's constantly disagreeing with me. Like for for absolutely no reason. <laughs> All the time. Even here in this example. <laughs> Even here where I've said you're constantly disagreeing with me. So I feel like that was the conversation that we just had where we both didn't have different opinions, but we were just having a discussion. That was probably like the most mature conversation we've ever had. 
So congratulations to you. Okay. <laughs> this is I feel this this is a fair interviewing friends, not good friends, <laughs> because you don't say that. <laughs> but yeah, no, you, you try to call me out. You try to call me out. But it's right. It's right. I have plenty of mature conversations. This is like the seventh episode or something. So you've had seven. That's great. We are oh, best. Oh man. Oh man. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> really good friends. We can get away with this. <laughs> no, but no, we've got questions. We've got things to go go through. I've I've got I've got things I want to know. You know. I don't know why I said it like that. But yeah, there, there are things that, that you know, I thought would be interesting to find out more about with regards to your poetry. And that was one. That was one I was just interested in with regards to, like, the experience outside of London. And because your poetry, I think, speaks so true to the experience. Mm. And therefore, I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think your experience would have been, like I said, hearing you first off, I would have thought, oh, yeah, you're from London, you're in bed. So, you know, the way your poetry speaks, I think the experience definitely is there. Um, one thing I've found about your poetry, which I don't find it in, like, regardless of, um, you know, sex, ethnicity or anything like that. One thing I find, old class, one thing I find in your poetry is, like, this understanding of, I guess, from what I've read from it, this understanding of, like, what, Black men go through violence, like the violent reality of black men, if you get what I mean. And um, there's even a poem you've got for... Is it Lucian? Boom. Yes, 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 yes. And like that poem, I think, speaks very much to it. But um, you've got poems that I think, like, yeah, you've just, I just read this understanding of, I guess, the black male experience as well. And yeah, I just think, you know, I just wanted to ask if that is something like you're conscious of, is that something you try to bring out or is it just, you know, you write about what's going on? I think it's like an amalgamation of all of it, right? Like um, I write about what's going on, but I also like have very close relationships to black men. Um, It's one of those, not it's it's not a double-edged sword at all. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I like I love them so I see so I so I write for them and I write about them and I like try and delve in and like try and create some sort of understanding um but what that's what black women do I suppose right <laughs> like I feel like there's that also like innate kind of like protection it's like I've got a little brother and then I've got a little cousin so like my cousin Lucian that 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 poem's for um I'm like surrounded by like I grew up with and like grew up around all these like young younger as well like a lot of my um my cousins on my dad's side are younger than me as well so like these young black men and it's like you kind of see it like you see their journey and their trajectory like from the beginning and it, of course you're invested like of course you want to you see all these obstacles that they face which are different to yours um and I just want to help them navigate that as well as help me navigate my relationships with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. But you've got a certain way of doing it where, like, so lately I've found that a lot of people who I would have believed should be talking for young black men, a lot of their material sounds very judgmental. Mm-hmm. It sounds very much like, you know, be better and don't do the things that your reality is basically forced you to do um but yeah so are you conscious of like kind of 
the voice, the tone of what your poem is saying to black men? Like, is that a conscious choice or are you just naturally understanding? <laughs> I think it's both, right? I don't think any, like, as I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I don't think, um, I actually don't know, so I can't generalise, but I think for me, um, understanding doesn't come naturally. Um, neither, like, patience doesn't come naturally. So it does, so, like, I do have to work at it. Um, and, like, don't get me wrong, like, my poems, the way that I speak to um, young Black men specifically is a very much a, mm, you actually need to do better. <laughs> you have to be better, you have to do better. But it's also from a place of, like, understanding and, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, cool, like, this is, if X and Y happened, of course Z is going to happen. But how do we avoid Z? And what can I say to maybe like divert the kind of like the situation? But I don't think I I struggle to believe that understanding comes innately for everybody. Like I feel like there is a a level of pause that you have to take. There is a level of like um, questioning, and there has to be like dialogue in 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 understanding. I don't think it's like you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm just an understanding human. Like you have to work at it and it's like it's a it's something that is learned um so it's yeah it's always I think one of the things I'm really trying to practice at the moment is just like asking questions and then actually waiting to hear the answer because I think a lot of people ask questions and they 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 talk to they they listen to talk so rather than to actually listen to what somebody's saying and like wait they listen and then they respond because they're waiting the listening is only just a wait so that they can say something else. Like I am right now to ask the next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it is, it is true. It is true, and um, yeah, that like it is your poems is are very much like do better, but it's I think the tone and that tone does ring. It has an understanding tone, and yeah, I, I think we do have to work at it. We do have to, even myself that you know I'll claim that I come from a certain background that you know aligns me with these young black men well I'm a young, I was once a young black man <laughs> but you know you know what I mean um the situations but you know when, once certain things in my life started going a certain way I had to then check my privilege and check the way my tone because I feel like you can be in a certain situation and talk with its tone but because you are so you're still in that situation your tone makes sense you can be a bit more judgmental because you're you're being judgmental of yourself as well but once you leave that situation you've got to watch your tone you can't talk the same way as you as you did when you was in that situation you have to check what your privileges um how that message will be received so yeah but again one thing you know talking about black men in your poetry is the fact that obviously your poems for the most part, are you know about your experience as a black woman, <laughs> and um, and you know what what that means for yourself and other people, and um, yeah, in, in various degrees. Um, obviously, black girl magic being a, a great example. But do you feel like the do, do you get angry at black men because of like you know how much we failed, <laughs> like how much in like even in poetry, I feel like we failed we don't talk about black women the same way, like, you know, the understanding that you show for black men. Do you, what do you agree with that? I mean, that's my opinion. <laughs> um, to, 
does that then yeah does that affect the way you write about it I think um I think where you've asked do I get angry at black men um I get angry at everyone yeah um I'm angry um <laughs> and I have no no shame about that anymore I don't have any like mm, I'm trying to be like less angry or trying to appear less angry no I'm I'm really peed off like I feel like nothing is fair and instead of trying to create like fit into these systems that have been built like we're gonna have to break them down and knock them down and I think yeah like sometimes it is I think it'd be very easy to get angry at black men for for um not showing up the way that they they could sometimes but also like why why haven't they and then we you have to just ask two more questions we're right back at the beginning I hope to think anyway we're at such a like flammable part of 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 culture right now of the world right now that we can just set everything on fire and start again <laughs> because it needs like it just needs to like we're trying to fit circles into squares or squares into circles do you know what I mean it's like the we're trying to fit into spaces that actually weren't built to, to hold us so why don't we just build something else why don't we burn down what was there already and build something else cool if they want to, if they want us to burn it down, that's fine. We just build something else somewhere else. That's gonna be more lit. So, like, I feel like, yeah, it'd be very easy to be like, yeah, I'm so angry at black men, but like, why? Like, that's actually not useful at this present moment. Like, to be angry at black men is, is, like, yeah, get it. But also, like, who else am I angry at? Where else can I direct this anger? How can we? What can we build rather than tear down? Apart from all the institutions, because that's what we we need to tear down. <laughs> ah, fair, fair. And I mean, myself, myself. You know, there are times where I can't check myself in it, but like in general, I think the poetry is. I'm speaking of regarding poetry. I mean, in general world terms, yeah. Everyone's failed. <laughs> everyone's failed. And everyone's <laughs> that woman as well, like genuinely everyone like mm. down to the you know medical <laughs> like literally down to everything it's a bit crazy um but in the poetry sense of like when you choose to speak about issues affecting black men do you then i guess in essence think like where's the poet who's going to help talk about issues for black women i suppose so but also like there's lots of black women speaking for black women. Like I would like, I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you're trying to get me into trouble here. And <laughs> you're trying to get me to like at everyone and be like, all these black men need to be talking about black women. But um, no, 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 like, no. do what you want. Because right? like, there's loads of like dope black women talking about being dope black women. And it's like empowering to watch. So like watching some black man tell me how dope I am. No, I don't call, don't worry. These 17 black women have done it before you and better. So whatever, talk about whatever you want to talk about, dude. No one cares. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not... Scroll, 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 scroll. Also, who's going to get you in trouble? What? 
You are trying to. What? Right. <laughs> Look, this this is curiosity. I wanna, you know, this, these are things that I, I'm, I'm genuinely always I'm always trying to know, like you know, what people think about these things because I feel like you know, when if I'm writing a poem about a certain issue or a certain subject, I do sometimes think like you know, one is my voice relevant for this thing. Two is there. Is there someone else talking about this? Is there someone else who's tackling this and, you know, obviously let me understand how I have personally liked that being tackled? So, you know, I, I, think, I think sometimes having a voice, an, an allied voice does help, but sometimes mm. it's just not needed. So, you know, wondering what you would have thought of that. Um, cool. Now I've just got a check that I don't get you in trouble with my next questions. <laughs> Let's, we'll play it safe for now. Play safe for now, and ask a safe one. How was? I, actually, I was going to say how was performing live, you know, at our event. Well, our event. But you threw you threw um a live event not too long yeah. ago. How's yeah, yeah, I've been at like three or four now since. So yeah, so uh, it's good. It's I. The vibe's there. Like, I feel like like poetry brings its own vibe. It doesn't have to be, like, built back up. Like, there was, like, crowds, like, crowds, but you know what I mean? Like, crowds of people, like, waiting for, like, this to happen again, for, like, things to stir again. And here we are. Like, I think it's it's so nice to not, to be performing, not to be performing into the abyss. Like... You know, like when you're doing, I don't know if anybody else has had this, where you're doing like a, a Zoom one that's been streamed somewhere else. So you actually can't hear or see or do anything. Like you're just like in a room with somebody else who's not on screen. And it's just like you looking at them performing a poem and they can't make any noise. So they're just like clapping silently after you've done. But you're like, oh God, I suppose I'll just do the next poem then. And it reminds me of that thing where that um I can't remember who said it, but it's like, who are you when the when the clapping stops? As a poet, who are you when the clapping stops? And you're like, oh God, no one, it seems, because this is awful. <laughs> this is horrible. I would just like someone to like at least like even a boo, like at some point, it's like, even if you're just gonna boo, like I need to know that there's life out there. But instead, it's just performing into the abyss. I forgot what the question was. I'm so sorry that I went on that time. <laughs> no, I think you covered it. <laughs> Even on B, you know. <laughs> Some sort of noise. No, no, and I, but that engagement is so real, I think. And that's the thing, as 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 like cheesy as the old clicking thing is, I really understand it. Because it's like it's a respectable way of showing someone whilst they're in their flow that you are hearing them and you are you know, connecting with what they're saying. So I get that. I get that. And yeah, so I was, that was exactly one of, you know, what I was wondering is how that feeling has been from leaving this void of, like you said, nothingness to <laughs> in a room and getting that connection, feeling that community. It's lovely. And it also like, like at your, your event, um, like I forget like how much I love connecting like specifically when you're on stage and like things are happening like in your life or in in some sort of context and you just want to not necessarily you don't really want to like because like I have friends but there's there's a there's something different about connecting with people 
on a like on a different like people that don't know you and it's like I'm gonna so like at your event when I did that poem about my granddad um who passed away it was like yeah like my mom and my aunties and stuff my nan have heard that but like how do how do these people that have like never met him feel but well have met him through only through me and my words like how does that how do we create like how amazing is it that that we're able that we're able to create a relationship around this this person that you actually never met and I think that's what I miss from from performing live just being like do you know what all this stuff is actually going on I'm just gonna read some poems and like talk at you guys and then <laughs> and then then I'm gonna go home Ah, nah, you, and you did did a damn thing. Got some got some people crying, man. But does does that do you feel like you've like achieved when when if someone like if you do a sad poem and someone cries, or if you do like a happy poem and people are laughing, do you feel like tick score? Weirdly enough, I was thinking about this today uh, when because I, I did some workshops this morning. I told you, um, it's I don't like crying. Like if people cry during a poem, I, it. It's, it, I don't know. I, at best, it's uncomfortable. At worst, it's like cringy. Like I don't like. I don't know. That sounds really awful, but I'm being honest. But if I say a joke in my poem or something that I think is funny and people don't laugh, I actually cannot tell you how much that stresses me out. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel the need to stop and go back and say it again. Like just in case, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but it's I think people not like people laughing at jokes or at something funny in a poem does more for me than people crying. I'm just imagining the awkwardness. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, the punchline is coming. It's coming. What? <laughs> no reaction. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, mm, sorry, uh, so I don't think you heard. I don't think you heard the joke. Cats on the deck. <laughs> Is this thing on? Ah, <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. That's great. And I, yeah, I, I, I adore funny poets. Like um, poets who put jokes. Like, I think it's such a skill. Like, I, I don't put jokes in my thing because, like. My, my jokes are awkward at the best of times. <laughs> so I was like... jokes are? Sorry? What did, how did you describe your jokes? Awkward. Weird that you used awkward, not bad. It's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's weird. Like, weird, weird turn of phrase. I suppose <laughs> they mean different things. That's just what I'm, I was just trying to point out. They do. They do mean different things. And... Bad is a that that's, that's, that's hmm. <laughs> bad. Bad just suggests that no one can enjoy them. Awkward suggests that some people can enjoy them. It's just not for everyone and every situation. Oh, so yeah, I think I think still bad would be fits well. <laughs> I think bad still is probably the better word. I've seen you host. I'm so sorry. Look, yeah, I've got a formula with um, the, the spoken, not stirred people that love me because I open up the ground. I show them that if I can do it, <laughs> I, I think that's real. You've really, really created an unobtainable bar then. 
there, haven't you? If you can do it, anybody can do it. That's and that's what you want to feel. You want to feel comfortable. You want to feel like, you know, if I don't know what's going on, it's cool because that guy definitely doesn't know what's going on. And, and it's for the men. Yes, but that's the space you want to create. You want to create. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ralph was so attacked. <laughs> you know what, though? I feel like you do make up for it because you are a spectacular poet. Like, if I was, if it was, if you were just, if I just saw you hosting, I'd be like, oh, this guy's so annoying. But if I saw you host and then you did a poem, I'd be like, oh my God, this guy's really cool. I really like him. Because that's how good your poetry is. That it, that it makes you like... I'm not focusing on you trying to compliment my poetry right now. You're saying my hosting is so atrocious. <laughs> it's so atrocious that I needed some sort of talent to cover up <laughs> No, I'm saying that your poetry is amazing. That's what I'm saying. Your poetry is so spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like it, it acts. You could do one. You could host an entire night and do one poem, and I would still be like, "Oh my god, that guy was incredible." Poet, <sighs> incredible poet. Um, I'm, I'm sure anyone listening or watching has been to a spoken Oxford and knows that Desri is talking from her own opinion. I've been told various times by very nice people that the hosting is. One of a kind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. One of a kind. You know what I just okay. thought? This might look like bullying. Sorry? <laughs> this is going to look like bullying. Why would it look like bullying? Because <laughs> it is? No, because you're not, you're not doing what you usually do. That's what's happening. Wait, 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 wait. Usually you're as mean to me as I am to you. Hold on. We're not we're not here for the politics. We're not here for the politics. I want to talk about this book. Oh, it's not coming up. Hey, I have to put it in front of me. I want to talk about the book. Mm. Um, it's great. And the majority of the performances have a QR code so you can watch the, um, the poems. Was that like a conscious choice of like you want them to experience it in a different way? Or I guess what was the thinking and the drive behind that? So in the first um, version of that uh, collection that I published, I self-published, they also had QR codes um, because I never imagined my poetry written down. Like I, I very much leaned on, leaned on, yeah, the 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 phrase spoken word because that's exactly how it was supposed to that was the the medium that it was supposed to be delivered in it was supposed to be spoken I think if you I was also I suppose scared that the moment it does get right written down people are going to interrogate it and it's going to be like where are the full stops where are the commas where are the line breaks etc 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 where it was more about and as spoken word I think is it's just about how it makes you feel right and the like the emotion that it gives you and like the parts of you that it resonates with. So in order to like to combat that, um, an amazing poet, and I work with him with Word Up, uh, Charlie DeCourcy, he he started, he founded uh, Word Up and he did it for Word Up's like first volume, which was like years ago. Um, and I was like, that sounds like a good idea. Um, so I did it in the first version. And then I decided to do it again in this version because again, the poems are spoken, like these are spoken word poets poems 
And um, I remember Joelle Taylor said once in a workshop that I did, um, that she ran, that I did, specifically like publishers like Burning Eye create these books that are like the um, the lyric books that you used to get inside your CDs. Because it's like you, it's almost like a read along, right? Like I, the poet has is performing them and you're like almost like, reading it along because you've seen it, like you've you've experienced it. So I wanted to kind of like amalgamate those two things. And weirdly enough, because of COVID, everybody knows what a QR code is. Because the first time I released, when I did the first edition, everyone was a bit confused and nobody really knew how to take it or like what it was. And now, because we're always <laughs> tracking and tracing and scanning our ways around, people know exactly what a QR code is. To the point my nan, um, my nan can do it. So it's like now people are like, yeah, I'm looking at the poems because whereas before they were like, mm, what's that funny square in the corner? And now, yeah. And I love that you can um, join the two even like better now because I think like the first edition of it, like there's no real line breaks. It's like some sentences are like four miles long and then the next sentence is like one word. Whereas this, like, there is, um, I feel when I look back at this collection, like, I and I look at the other one, I feel like some real growth. And isn't isn't that what this is about, right? Like, and by this I mean life, <laughs> growth and like getting better and learning and growing. Amazing, amazing. That's really cool. It's all I've actually thought about the idea of watching whilst reading it as well. That's like it's like having like a little songbook. <laughs> That is very sick. All right. Um, so, yeah, that was, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, you talked about Word, Word Up um, and you you do a lot of stuff. <laughs> you do a lot of stuff. Um, and I think I we had Jake Wilder on um, last time and he's in another person that I think does a lot of stuff, right? And, uh, yeah, one thing I just kind of wanted to know is that how do you find that balance of, like, you know, one day workshop performance and then, you know, writing a book and like, how do you balance all of these things? And how do Oh, you there is that? no balance. There is absolutely no balance. There is like, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to, to be under any illusion that I have this together. I, I, have, I have no idea what I'm doing. I love poets. <laughs> James like, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> I don't know. There is no balance. It's just, I wake up, I look at my diary, I have a paper diary, and it tells me what I'm doing that day. And I just pray to God that I've planned for it beforehand because I have to also put the planning in my diary. So say, for example, you say to me, you do, I'm doing a workshop on the 17th. I know that on the t- I'll write on the 10th, plan workshop for the 17th. That keeps me ahead of, of everything rather than trying to firefight. But um, I think the the beauty of choosing this as a career um, and this being like my main source of income is that there's absolutely no reason that anything has to be balanced. I can do what I want. And how, like, how liberating is that? It's like, I can just like do what I, what I choose. I don't have to plan anything. I don't have to be, well, I do have to plan stuff, but do you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to like, this is gonna, this, I have to do a certain amount of this and a certain amount of this. No, I do what makes me happy when it makes me happy and that I think 
I think that's a real privilege and I'm very grateful that I'm able to say words and people like them. <laughs> sick, right? Sick. A whole living. That's like, <laughs> I think it's very, very sick. And it makes sense as well because you're a sick poet. Um, so, you know. As are you. Oh my. Um, <laughs> so, one thing I'm, that's been really cool to see is like the, um, through lockdown, you like, feel like you, you, you know, like a lot of people did, you had a good shift of gear where you was like, well, I'm going to make this work. I don't know why I'm doing all of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had this shift of gear where you like, you know, it seemed like you was like, okay, cool. How do I as a poet give something in this situation? And then you started doing like the workshops and, you know, those were, those have been going now, I guess. Like obviously you was doing workshops before, but it just seemed like, it seemed like a, like a conscious thing to be like, let's tackle mm. this through that so how, how's that been like do you feel like there's a transition from being poet to being workshop facilitator like and how do you I don't know I find I find it weird like even what you know like do quite a few workshops but it's like how do you feel with regards to teaching other people how to you know write poetry or create I think that's like I think I don't look at myself as teaching anybody to anything it's like I really love the the term facilitator. Like, I just facilitate. Like, I create a space. I learn some things from people who have also learned some things from people who have also learned some things. And we're just sharing them. But you, you can take them or you can leave them because there's actually no right way to do this. And that's what I love. I think that's what um, draws me to the, this more so than, like, anything else. It's like, I've always, to be fair, I've always, like, even like somewhat academically, like at school and at uni and at um, college, like I've been drawn to subjects and stuff that don't, there is no definitive, like nothing, there isn't, it's not like black and white, it's like maybe, possibly, perhaps. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that I go into these classroom spaces where I'm like, cool, where the, the brief is like, you want these 17 young people to kind of engage with their, boring boring poetry module in English and it's like okay cool how do we make this fun and then like I created this um this sort this sheet where it's like is it a poem or is it a song and like you have to guess whether it's a poem or it's a song um which is a concept I got from Akala's uh Shakespeare I don't know if you've seen it it's the, um hip-hop Shakespeare where he's like is it a two-pack lyric or is it Shakespeare um so do it like you start off with that and then you like get them to think about their poetry, the poetry they have differently by introducing like poets that aren't dead old white people. And then they're like, ah, oh, poetry can be fun. This feels different. Are you are you planning to like, you know, maybe talk to some sort of educational minister about how <laughs> that could be helpful? <laughs> no, you know, I feel like people have been doing it for so long that it's just like. We just got to, like, as I said before, like, we can't, we, we've got to burn it down. So before, <laughs> or build our own. So rather than go in and be like, okay, cool, I'm going to teach you this poet that you've, on your curriculum. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you a different poet and how you can apply all of the things that we learn here to the other one that you have to do for exams. Like, yeah, you've got to learn how to pass your exams, but also if, if I give you something that's actually relatable to you, 
it's going to be so much easier than trying to work out whatever the hell somebody else was saying 17 in 17th century like so ah okay yeah actually I remember this literary technique from this Kano lyric and then you're like ah okay cool now everything makes more sense rather than trying to decipher thous and arts and everything else sick nah sick (laughs) sick and that sounds I wholeheartedly uh agree (laughs) I know, surprising, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, nah, Des, it's been um, it's been a pleasure. There's a few things I'd want to know, and I thought other people would want to know before you go. Um, right. <laughs> so, first being inspirations, like what or who inspires you, um, and who who would you recommend for people to check out at the moment? So what and who inspires me in terms of artists? Like... Inspires your writing. I don't think they have to be artists. Um, if, it's, if it's not, if it's not, then it's not. It's just what's your inspirations. And, yeah. Um, Neo Soul, like music. Love it. That inspires um, my artistry. Like I just put on like anything pretty much um some erica badu and vibe out um see what happens um facilitating young people really inspires my creativity um it just reminds me that like there's so many (laughs) there is so much difference like these young people are so brave they're so much braver than any other generation well, I don't know. I, I don't know all the other generations. I mean, our generation. Um, there's so much women than our generation. And I've literally seen, like, kids, like, hold mountains. And it's just like, God, like, how do you even, like, how do you even begin to navigate who, like, hold that much? I'm navigate who you are. And also have all these, like, be, basically be 14. Can you remember being 14 and, like, all those hormones and just being, like, also, I was just, I was just so awful at that age. So I can only imagine like what that transmits. Um, I'm obsessed with Kano, um, as always. Uh, whether he's releasing music or not releasing music, I'm still obsessed with him. Uh, Gets at the moment as well. Uh, can't wait for his roundhouse thing uh, gig. Uh, I'm reading a lot of plays at the moment. I went to see um, Seven um, Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner, which was incredible. And I cannot recommend that enough. If you can get a ticket, go. I go three times. I want to see it again. And it's just so good. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, K Tempest, uh, Paradise, like them talking about... uh, the play uh, and I'm going to see it in August so that's been really exciting um there's a lot of um work on at the bush at the moment I think there's one that I'm going to go see uh Pink Lemonade which also sounds quite exciting so like theatre as well so catch that um and in terms of people to follow books to buy and stuff like that um Caleb Femi's Poor is like etched into me at the moment I just I just, I just, I can't imagine not having not read that. 
Um, <laughs> it is so good. Um, what else am I reading? I'm reading a lot of like uh, non-fiction, non-fiction. Um, this is probably a conversation for me and you later. But I've started a book club where we only read black authors. So that has been incredible. We read an incredible book the other day called Freshwater. Um, another one called The Girl on the Back of the Bus. And they're also inspiring me. That's a long answer to a very short question. So, yeah, I think I'm done now. Wow. You inspire me. Aww. You do. You do. It, it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm gassing you up, but you, I'm not. You do. You do. I'm honoured. I'm honoured. I actually find you as a definite inspiration as well. Um, gorgeous. Apart from an amazing artist, you're very... Um, I don't want to say anyone's sure about themselves. I don't, I don't think anyone's actually 100% sure about themselves. But you're... You're, you're sure about who you are and who you're going to be. And I think there's power in that. And it's great to see that. Um, very inspirational, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm also hilarious. You, you missed that bit. So, um, one last thing is for anyone who wants to get right in, um, if you've got prompts for them, if you've got, like, of maybe you got favorite fonts or one you're just trying to try out or whatever, but hook us up. Um, so Roger Robinson has this amazing technique where um, it's a speed writing. Um, you spend, you have 60 seconds. You're fed the beginning of a sentence. I always get them from like a poetry book, but you could get it from like a nonfiction book. You could pick up maybe your diary, um, flick to a page the first like sentence or a bit of a sentence, you write that out and then you give yourself 60 seconds to try and write six lines about how that, like just feeding off that, that, um, that prompt. And I love that prompt. I always use it as like a writing warm up because same way you warm up in sports, same way you warm up in drama, you got to warm up your writing. So, yeah. Sick, 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 sick. Thank you so much, Dejri. It's always a massive pleasure. Um, I will just, you know, just tell everyone, yeah, please check out everything that is doing, like continuously forever. <laughs> um, uh, we appreciate you a lot of spoken not sturdy. It was amazing. Your set was just absolutely just beautiful. Everyone was touched. Um, and yeah, yeah, appreciate you. So thank you everyone. Uh, that's a bye from me. Um, I guess that's a piece from Des as well. And uh, enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Bye. Spoken Not Stirred is produced by Studio Free Arts and is funded by Arts Council England and the London Borough of Barking and Dagenham. For more information about our work, check out our website and our social media. Search for Studio Three Arts. Thank you.